I have finally reached the point of being able to answer the question that I am asking, why does God hate the poor? Now that I have defined the nature of the ontological God and contemplated the issues that come up when trying to understand why he hates the poor and have either resolved them or defined them as we did with love and hate as these words are used in human consciousness, the answer as to why God hates the poor turns out to be very simple and goes right back to the beginning concept of our contemplation. He hates the poor because he can. He is the ultimate power and can do whatever he wants. If you could choose your acts and had the power to do whatever you want, you would choose to exercise the power to do whatever you wanted. God acts by necessity, not from incompleteness. He has to do whatever he can and does as a complete being. It sounds as if we are getting into matters which one cannot speak logically and wherefore of which we should be silent. But given the importance of this issue and the time spent on contemplating it, I want to remind anyone, if anyone is listening, that pure logic is not the end-all end tool for truth and illusion, as discussed in the Truth and Illusion episodes. The logical mind is creative and imaginative and can use fictional analogy as a means to reach truth and illusion when logic reaches its endpoint for either. I probably, probably should have spent more time on the philosophy of language before getting into this question and we'll have to go back to it in order to clarify the answer and other questions raised by this podcast series. From now on, through, for now, through logic's creativity and imagination, I want to clarify my answer to the question that I'm asking by going back to the parable of the workers in the vineyard and my card game analogy. The parable is a good description of our answer except for two facts. One, it describes an agreement between God and the poor workers. Two, the parable assumes free will. The parable justifies God's hate of the workers who worked all day for him by saying they were offered a deal to work all day for Daenerys, accepted the deal, got the deal, and therefore have nothing to complain about. That is not a true analogy of life, especially not for the poor of the world. God, the, God, the vineyard owner, not only creates the vineyard or cards of the game of life, but also created the workers, the players, the pay, ante, the vineyard, game, and also knows the work needed to be done better than anyone and the results of the hands or the work at the end of the day. He designed the pay scale and odds so that only a small percentage of people will win at the expense of many others, and he knows who the winners will be. To say that the workers freely made an agreement, contract, deal, or whatever, or let alone an honest contract, deal, agreement, or whatever, is beyond contradiction and absurdity. It is outright deceit and dishonesty that shows theology and Christianity at its worst. If the workers had known that God would be paying the same amount to the workers who did nothing all day, they would have waited until then to accept an offer to work. Fact is that they did not know what he would do until, actu until he actually did what he did, and they could not know it because he can randomly do whatever he wants, whenever he wants. Free will, if it exists, is reserved for those few with the power to enter into contracts with God, not for the poor who do not. That is why I'm asking this question in the first place. Work in the vineyard is at best a live-or-die choice.
if this is how Christian theology or any theology defines free will, then maybe there is free will for the poor, but otherwise there is none. More likely, free will does not exist in making a choice to live or die, but only in accepting or rebelling against your destiny, accepting or rebelling hopelessly against your destiny. The true nature of the answer is that God's hatred of the poor is completely non-deterministically random. There is no reason, justification, or whatever for it. It is simply an exercise of the pure power of God, which is the true nature of God. God is power, the ultimate power of this or any reality, the reason there is something instead of nothing. Justice, fairness, good, evil, ethics have no meaning in relation to God. They only have meaning in relation to the love or hatred of whatever we love or hate. Such is the nature of real, omnipresent, omniscient, God-like power. God does not act for a reason as humans act in their incompleteness because he has no reason to act. He is complete. This is the reality that the powers that be, those that God loves, know and want to hide from the poor to keep them in their place. God is power. To seek power is to seek God. The big brother of 1984 is God. George Orwell ends 1984 with the character Winston ending his uh, quotation, self-willed exile from the loving breast, close quotation, and accepts death, not with rebellion, but only with two tears, realizing, quotation, it is all right, everything was all right, the struggle was finished, he had won the victory over himself, he loved Big Brother, close quotation. The powers that be try to make power seem to be some kind of inhuman evil act to be avoided, but it is not. It is the essence of humanity to seek power just as it is with all reality, organic or inorganic, matter or energy. The search for power is the search for God, either to be with God or to become a God, and cannot be avoided if we are living humans. If the New Testament ended at the crucifixion, there would be no Christianity, no Christian saints who reject all worldly power. It ends with the power of the resurrection, the promise of unity with the ultimate power of all realities. I have answered the question at issue in large part, but not completely. When I started this contemplation, part of my question was, what, to, what, what do we do with the answer? Given God's hatred of the poor, what do we do about it, if anything? What should God be doing about it, if anything? In the presence of the indifference of the universe and its lack of meaning for the poor and for God's hatred of the poor, what difference does the answer make? Paraphrasing Dostoevsky and Camus, should we accept the hope of a reward from God of happiness as compensation for a single moment of human suffering? Or as the ultimate act of human power against the random power of God, should we spit in his face and reject God and thus become a God ourselves? not by being the reason for there being something instead of nothing, as God is, but by being the reason for there being nothing instead of something, and even try to take as many as I can into that nothingness as a further act of God-like, God-like power. I cannot make something out of nothing, but I sure can make nothing out of something. This is not an ethical question that can be answered by society. Society, controlled by the powers that be, will always choose choose life, essentially, will choose to continue its power over others and its search for power as an end in itself. As I delineated in the prologue episodes to the question, ethics is the problem that we are dealing with. 
Ethics is a set of rules created by those in power to stay in power, at best in its individual sense. Once you find something to love, if you have the power to do it, one creates ethics to maintain and have that object of love prosper at the expense of anyone who disagrees with you. Something is ethical if it succeeds in giving you power to define ethics. For the ultimate powers that be, this power is an end in itself, and the ought is simply a camouflage for their real goal. Only a very few have this power. The vast majority of humans at any given time, if they choose life, are forced to live their lives in compliance with the will of the powers that be. These are the poor who must live their lives without free will, without spiritual wealth, and usually without at least relative material wealth. So we can forget about ethics as a serious subject of contemplation. The remaining issue of what to do about the reason for God's hatred of the poor is a moral question to be answered by any individual who can ask it. But this moral question presents further problems. Individual morality seems to imply a private language because the individual decides the meaning of what is or is not moral. However, private language seems to be a meaningless concept. I will need to define a philosophy of language before I can go deeply into this moral question. Before doing so, I want to describe in, much, in as much ontological detail and meaning as possible the nature of this moral question. <laughs> 